Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Good Wednesday afternoon, middle of the week at Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Thanks for being with us. You want to be a part of the conversation, you can join us on the C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. That's 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business. Learn more Online at cspire.com slash business. We're in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Richard Cross, Michael Borky to start things off. Brian Haydad will join us shortly. We're glad to be with you. Uh, we got Major League Baseball playoff action going on right now. Texas leading Tampa Bay 4 to nothing. In the bottom of the fourth inning, the game is being played in Tampa Bay. I haven't seen a crowd shot yet of that game, but yesterday there were about 19,000 people that showed up for a Major League Baseball playoff game in the uh, Tampa-St. Pete area. So Texas trying to shut Tampa Bay out in two games. Later this afternoon, Toronto's at Minnesota. Minnesota won yesterday. Uh, Arizona beat Milwaukee on the road yesterday, so they got a chance to close out the Brew Crew tonight. And Miami and Philadelphia are playing. That's tonight at 7 on ESPN. And uh, Philadelphia leads one nothing in the best of three. Today is a special day. It is a special day if you are a fan of football. Not just college football, but the moving pictures of football on your television. Because today begins a span of 49 straight days and 54 of the next 55 in which football, college or professional, will be on your television. You will have the option to watch. And that is... It's the best time of year. Oh, it's just great. You know, don't look at the games tonight. Just just watch them enjoy them. Because when March comes, you'll wish that you had Jacksonville State at Middle Tennessee State uh, on a Wednesday night uh, to watch. Fishy line, by the way. Borky, Borky, you just took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say, we've got an addition to the fishy line of the week from PTG Outdoors, which we did yesterday. Jacksonville State is 4-1. They are off to a 2-0 start in Conference USA. 
Middle Tennessee is one and four. They have lost their only league game, and yet the Blue Raiders, a three-point home favorite tonight against Rich Rod yeah. and the Jacksonville State Gamecocks. What's up with that one? What is up with that one? So I'll probably put it on for a second. I've got laundry and stuff I've got to do and just things I've got to take care of. And uh, honestly, i got to do some work late night because I'm pretty – and I'm not just saying this because we're doing our show from there – I'm excited to wake up early mm-hmm. and get to the golf course and grab a coffee and follow for at least a few hours. Uh, I'm going to go back and forth between Mississippi's Hayden Buckley because he's in the early wave, and so I'll follow him, and Kevin Kisner as well just because I like him. Um, yeah. they're, they're around the same time, but I think they're teeing off on separate tees, so I'm going to have to bounce back and forth and bounce back and forth to try to keep up with both of them. Uh, so I will have those games on tonight. You mentioned baseball, though. I'm kind of hung up on uh, the the Twins. So they win last night. What was it? Their first playoff win in 18 tries. So not 18 years. They didn't have a drought of not making the playoffs. They were making it and not winning the game. Like they, they just were constantly losing. What would you rather be as a fan? A team that gets to the playoff and never. I mean, never wins a game in the playoffs. Or where your team is so bad that you don't set yourself up for that disappointment and you can get locked into draft picks or whatever. Would you rather go 0 for 18 in the playoffs? Or would you rather just not be any good to where you don't get your hopes up to be defeated so many times in a row? Do you know how disheartening it would be to... um it would be so disheartening to follow a team that never, ever, ever was in the mix for the playoffs. So as bad as it would stink to get to the playoffs, if you're a fan of a team, we've talked about this before, right? I mean, the, the national following of Major League Baseball is not good, but the local following is good. And, and so knowing that from, I don't know, the 4th of July on every year, your team was out of it. Reds fans have had that that feeling a ton in recent years. Well, the Reds were competitive this year. They didn't make the playoffs, but they were in the race. The Cubs were in the race all the way to the end. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know. What I'm do going. Think? I'm going with playoffs. Uh, apparently, that's a debate that people have. There are people out there. I don't know how many, but there are people out there that would rather their team just not be good so they never get let down. Forget that, because yes, you get left, you get let down in the most important part of the season. But you had to do a lot good to get to that point, right? I mean, the Saints stink out loud right now because uh, because offense and Pete Carmichael and offensive line and Derek Carr's shoulder is hurt and they're awful. But I would much rather them, you know, win just enough to be in the mix in Week 18, as opposed to lose again Sunday and then lose next Sunday, and then lose next Sunday, and then they're out of it, and then I don't know what to do with my Sundays for the rest of the year. Yeah. That, that's kind of been a, a debate going on today, and I'm kind of shocked that people are like, no, I'd rather just suck than lose in the playoffs in perpetuity. I mean, if okay, if when you, when you talk about 18 straight playoff losses for the Minnesota Twins, that means they've been relevant every year. 
That's so hard to fathom. And, and, and look, straight I mean, playoff there, there's some just bad luck in there because there have been some good teams and some good players along the way. It's just been really bad luck. They've matched up with the Yankees in a bunch of those playoff series, and it just hasn't worked out. So the only way that I would get on board, I, I would not get on board with you either give me a deep playoff run or um, I want to be terrible. I would only want to be terrible if there was a plan. Like, almost like the the Miami Marlins, which I, I know. I mean, you, you kind of ride the roller coaster of them. They'll they will build a good team, get to the World Series, win a World Series, and then like the next year they dismantle it, and you're so frustrated. You're like, come on, let's sustain this thing. Nope. But the plan is they break it all the way down, they build it back on the cheap again, and then they're relevant. Short period of time. So if you told me, if I was a Pittsburgh Pirates fan, for example, they're just bad every year, with a few exceptions. And if they get good as quickly as they can, they're going to trade those pieces off because they can't afford to pay them. They're going to see what they can get in return. If I were a Pirates fan, it was like, okay, at least there's a plan, right? we got to go all the way to the bottom. We're going to get draft picks. We're going to build smart. We're going to get this team where we've got a three-year window to try and win a World Series. And then we'll have to do it all over again. I would rather take that than just be mediocre and just barely miss the playoffs year after year after year. That makes sense. But if I'm going to be perennially bad, like I'm at the bottom of the division year after year after year after year after year after year after year, or I can be really good, be in the playoff chase, get to the playoffs most years, but then I get bounced in the first round, I would much rather be relevant all season long year after year. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Ceasefire text line is open to you, 601-879-4395, 601-879-4395. As a Royals fan, I can tell you the one or two years they are competitive is so, so sweet. I was born in 88, so the 2014-15 seasons were so incredible for me. They choked in the playoffs every year and never got there. It would just be heartbreaking year after year. Okay. A lot of people bringing up the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Would you have rather been a Bills fan in the 90s where they went to four straight Super Bowls but lost all of them or a Saints and Li- or Lions fan that was completely irrelevant for that entire window? Bills. No doubt. Because you won the AFC four years in a row. And winning an AFC and championship so is... so much fun doing it, too. Yeah. Jim Kelly, the style offense they played, Thurman Thomas and Andre Reid and Steve Tasker – and Cornelius Bennett on the defensive side, and so many good, fun players with great atmospheres. Yeah, there was heartbreak at the end, but that was a really fun, what, six-year window, eight-year window for the Buffalo Bills where they were really good and really relevant? Uh, Lucas in Union says he agrees it is a fishy line tonight. Jeff and Pontotoc, the Twins have been my favorite team, Cardinals second for my entire life. So he understands the misery that goes along with that. Uh, State and Ole Miss fans here, we know all about not having a chance to make the playoffs. Uh, Not next year. It's a little bit different next year. A little bit different next year. It's going to feel different. Um, Speaking of the Buffalo Bills, have you looked at their scores the last three weeks? You remember how bad they looked in the opener, and you're yeah. like, ah, Josh Allen's a problem, and uh, it, it, you know, the window's closing, and they have 
blistered people, including the previously undefeated Miami Dolphins, who had hung 70 the week before, just beat the heck out of the Dolphins. We're back right after this, Sports Talk Mississippi. Nothing brings people together and forms a lasting bond like sports. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your favorite teams like no one else. On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, just getting rolling. Mentioned that college football game tonight, Jacksonville State and Middle Tennessee. Even though Middle Tennessee is a three-point favorite, the matchup predictor from ESPN Analytics gives Jacksonville State a 55.8% chance to win this game. Um, Middle Tennessee State's quarterback has got the better numbers of the two starting quarterbacks. The running back advantage appears to go to Jacksonville State. Um, yards per game, almost identical. Middle Tennessee is giving up more yards per game than uh, Jacksonville State is. Jacksonville State's 4-1 and one mark this year includes a three-point win over UTEP, a win over East Tennessee State. Their only loss was at Coastal Carolina, and they have since beaten Eastern Michigan and Sam Houston State in overtime. For Middle Tennessee, smoked at Alabama, close loss at Missouri. Missouri really fortunate to have won that game. A win against Murray State, their only victory. They lost by eight to Colorado State, and then they got smoked last week at Western Kentucky. I don't know what any of that means. I'll just tell you, that line doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. But but when it's a fishy line, sometimes going with the PU smell of the fish is the way to play. No doubt. Even if that means laying points with a team that is one and four against a team that is four and one. I don't know. So we'll uh, we'll see how that one plays out. But it's it a does... shame that Rich Rodriguez can't punch a desk when he's on the sidelines. I miss those videos. Do you? I you do. Had a lot of fun with those. Yeah. So third and eight roll out to your right with a quarterback that can't throw on the run, and then he throws it in the dirt, and you just beat the desk even though you should have known it was coming. Yeah, I miss those videos. There was a show in Starkville when I got to the one time I got to see him back in 2019. Where they left the blinds open. Yeah, I, I couldn't have been happier that Ole Miss left the blinds open that night. It's like, all right. He must do a lot of cardio because you, there's no way like a, a normal heart can take that. For four hours. <laughs> Maybe he's got like an enlarged heart. He's got like an elephant heart or something. Yeah. He uh, does a lot of the Stairmaster or something like that. Yeah. Peloton. Peloton. He's be- I-, I bet Richard's a Peloton guy. For sure. Yeah. I bet he's got a, uh, like a, a pair of instructors, too, that, you know, if they show up on the screen, he won't do the workout, though. See, I'm going the opposite way. Most people probably thought I was going to. He's probably got his favorite instructor. No, no, no. He probably, when, like, Jason pops up, oh, heck no, and refuses to work out that day. Aside from that, though. 
Hit a, you are a black screen right now, by the way. I love it. I'm, I'm getting there. It's I'm war, talking it's, it's, into it's, it's, the abyss. Again, every time, every time that Jim, Jim Ellis was a menace in this office, man, every time I come in here, stuff's turned off. Today, the actual computer was t- turned off, so we're rebooting. I should. Uh, here I am. I'm there here now. Is, yes. I'm here now. We can start the show. <laughs> we can start the show now. I'm here. I nailed it. Is he out? In the uh, middle there, is he? Is the audio not working for him? Yeah, he. Uh, it, it hung up. He's on recycling. For a yeah, we're trying to. Ah, uh, we 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 almost had you know the boy. You you almost had it. You almost had your dream. Almost the Borky show was almost here. Again, I I want to I want to reiterate that if you're you ever get your own show, it needs to be Michael Borky presents the Michael Borky show starring Michael Borky. It'd be a great show. That is a great show title. Just really lean into your last name being a little odd. A so, little odd. All right. My last name is Hey Dad, man. Yeah. Yeah. But when you were a uh, slightly overweight seventh grader like me, you can't change one letter. I was a slightly overweight but, seventh grader. But you didn't have the last name Borky that could immediately become something else. Are you serious? Yes. Are you serious right now? Having having this discussion with me? Like every teacher was like, "Hey, Dad!" Like I didn't hear that joke a million times. But somebody, but that was like a junior in high school. It was just, oh, that's the first time I've ever heard that. Great job, Jack Rabbit. <laughs> oh man, six zero uh, eight seven nine forty three. I'm trying to get him reconnected. I don't know what's going on in here. It's it's okay. It's, We're just having some. You know what? It's just one of those days, man. It's one of those days. It's one of those days. Uh, I mean, football's canceled. I was in Jackson earlier today, and now I'm now I'm here. I got to drive back to Jackson tomorrow. I'm just I'm just it's just gonna be one of those. It's one of those weeks. You just can't get away from this great city. I can't. I was I was only in Madison today, though. My uh, daughter my, my had never been to Madison, and she's like, she's she's we see a Starbucks. She's like, why does that Starbucks look so different? I was like, let me tell you about Madison. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about the tyrant Mary over there. Did, did you see you. the Taco Bell? I did. We didn't. I was like, I was like, if we see a McDonald's, it's not going to look like any McDonald's you've ever seen before. So I mean, the, I would live yeah. in a Taco Bell. I, I, I wish my house was decorated. <laughs> it's nicer like than my Taco home. Bell. I would like to have a Taco Bell in my home, like Devonte Adams does. Wait, I don't what? have. Oh, that, in that, that commercial, yeah. All the commercials, he has the, the Taco Bell in his house. Just turns around and orders nachos whenever he wants them. A, he just thought I was fat before. That's what. That's the kind of stuff that I would do if I were rich. Like you see these rich people homes, and it's like, mm-hmm. it's it's too fancy to where you wouldn't want to live in it. Almost, it's like, you, could you even touch anything? Everything just looks like it's pristine. I would go the opposite way. I would have like a basement where it's just like golf simulator, bar. Like it would be almost kind of like kind of trashy. I would make my rich person house filled with adult toys everywhere. Just, just like yes, yes, four wheelers, all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, just what did I just walk into? We're, we're putting a Taco Bell in our house not, if we get rich one day. Not those kind of adult. Yeah, not toys, that, Richard. Jeez, Jeez Louise! Ah, get your mind out oh, of the no, gutter. I didn't mean for like once. that. I didn't mean like that. I just didn't oh, know did this was you? a yeah. conversation. <laughs> no, no. We, we were just talking about Devontae Adams have, having a Taco Bell in his house. Here, here's the, the stream of consciousness, with, consciousness, Richard. Uh, I, I, can, I, I can do Madison. this. Yeah. I had to go to Madison. 
We talked about how the, all the buildings in Madison. My daughter had never been to Madison. She was like, why does that Starbucks look like that? And then I was like explaining to her how everything looks different in Madison. I was like, if we see a McDonald's, it's not going to look like any McDonald's you've ever seen before. Morky brought up the Taco Bell. I said the Taco Bell was nicer than my house. And then it turned into having a t- I said, I'd like to have a Taco Bell in my house like Devontae Adams does as on the commercials. And then it became, if you were rich, what would you have in your house? That's how we got there. Nailed it. Glad you're back. You. Yeah. Do, do you want the, um, the, the Powerball numbers that I love to play with? Just yeah, sure. because of the craziness, the absurdity of it. All right, so Powerball tonight uh, is $1.2 billion. The cash value of that is 551700000 After taxes, mm-hmm. that is $325.5 million. If you allow yourself to blow... Well, let's just say that you invest two hundred sixty million of it, which leaves you sixty five million to just do whatever with. Borky, you buy your mountain house, you buy yeah. your beach house, you you do whatever else you want to do. But but you take that two hundred and uh, and sixty million, and let's just say over the course of thirty years you get a nine percent annual return, which is fairly conservative, while paying yourself a salary of three hundred thousand dollars a month, a month. 300000 a month, in 30 years, you have $3.28 billion. I need to go buy a ticket on the way home. It's only $2. Can't win if you don't play. So so you're saying in that time... You can't win if you don't play. That I could buy my pro sports team. You could. I, I could do that. You'd have to wait a while, but then you... Well, in assuming that inflation doesn't carry over, you know, it might be... You might be I don't True. know. Have you seen the new Taylor Swift conspiracy theory, by the way? That no, but I would love to hear it. That like her and Kelsey being an item, like that—that's not the conspiracy. Like they—they they might actually be interested in each other. Like he did a grand gesture, and she's like, "Hey, you know, he's a football player, and so maybe I'll date him." But the reason she keeps going to uh, the games and like meeting team owners and doing that kind of stuff is because her and her financial team are exploring the possibility of investing in an NFL team. All right, then. I buy that. I totally buy If she's hanging out with the Jets owner for an extended period of time, she's not doing that son? because she, and his son, she's not doing that because she's interested in Kelsey. She's interested in something else. And, I mean, is there a safer investment than an NFL team right now? You buy it, her and in 10 worth- years it's, it explodes. Yeah, her, her net worth is reportedly up to $740 million. Oh, she could be a minority investor in an NFL team, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I buy that. And, and look, that 740 is only going up. I mean, if this is a long play for her, like a five-year play, I mean, it's not crazy to think that she's worth a billion and a half dollars in five years. And then... I mean, she's on her way to being able to buy one out outright. I don't know. Sports Talk Mississippi. We're back right after this. To the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Sounds good. On Super Talk Mississippi. Well. 
Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Wednesday afternoon, middle of the week. If you're watching on Sick, uh, Super Talk TV, you see that Luke Johnson is with us right now. The Super Talk Eagle Hour. All guests appear on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. We were discussing Luke's hat during the break. He has a, uh, a fine-looking baseball cap on. And uh, Borky asked him if that was a Miami hat, like the U. It's got that kind of old English M look, but it's not actually an M. It's a W. Is that correct? That's right. For West Jones, this official West Jones baseball hat. They've worn these the last several years. Good buddy Trey Sutton's the head coach there now. And, of course, he played at Southern Miss. Dustin Dickerson wore, you know, uh, this this hat when he was at West. So not this one, but one like this. But, yeah, they got some good swag, my old Mustangs. I, I like that better too. That like, even though it's two words, they didn't choose to go try to like make it interlocking letters and whatever. They just went with a very, very strong baseball look. That's good. Yeah, they tapped into kind of the several years ago, kind of the Cubs theme, fly the W, and so that's kind of been their um, been their motto the last couple of years. I like it. I like it. Uh, Southern Miss fans would love to fly W. On Saturday night, uh, it's been a tough stretch, and got homecoming coming up uh, this week. So, I, I guess we do need to, to look back first before we look ahead. Um, that was a tough one on Saturday against uh, against Texas State. It was a tough one um, because for the second week in a row on multiple opening possessions, you give Texas State basically essentially free points. Opening kickoff, a hundred yards, first play offense uh, uh, interception that. Gives them the short field and you're down 14 to nothing. And, uh, that continued to build and uh, 42 to 10 at the half. And then what do the Eagles do? You know, Texas State in the, in the second half, they come out and, uh, the defense that wasn't there in the first half forces a punt, two straight fumbles, two more straight punts. And the offense scored 26 straight points. And, uh, with two minutes to go in the game, you know, you're, you're down six points. And, uh, unfortunately couldn't drive it. Um, you know, it affected that last drive, a couple of pass interferences. Billy Wiles got hit in the mouth and didn't extend the drive. And, uh, Will Hall went for it with three timeouts, but, you know, he kind of explained to it on, uh, to us on the Eagle Hour. They would have got the ball back with no timeouts with maybe, you know, a minute, 40 seconds to go in the game. And so he thought going for it, uh, on fourth down was the best opportunity. He gave Texas State a short field and they scored and put the game away, but, you know, offense had over 500 yards. It just really concerns you. Some of the uh, the injuries that, that they've had in the secondary, you know, showed on um, this past week. Uh, T.J. Finley threw for over 300 yards against the Golden Eagles. Yeah, so the, the deficit is the discouraging part, right? Down 28 to 3. But then digging out of the hole, you know, down 42 to 10. So down 32 to 10 with 322 to go in the second quarter. Down 32 to 10 at the half. And you dig out of that. I'm sorry. Or is that 40, 42 to 10 at the half? Not 32, 42 to 10 at the half. And then you get it all the way back to a six point game. I mean, that's the encouraging part, I assume. Yeah, I mean the the defense that gave up forty two in the second in the first half. You pitch a shutout, you know, until the last minute of the game on a short field. And uh, again, a couple weeks in a row, if you don't do it against Archie State, you don't give a short field. They probably don't score twenty one points. 
you don't uh, you cover on a kickoff and uh, don't give up a short field points. Texas State may have fourteen to seventeen less points, and you know the game's tied at the end of regulation, or or you win. Southern Miss was set up on the final drive of the game to punch it down and win. And like I said, again, you can't give up forty two points and a half, but. First down, second down, and third down, there was an arguably uh, a pass interference called. They didn't get any of those. Billy Wiles got hit head-to-head, didn't get that. That could have extended the drive and give them an opportunity. Either way, you cannot give up what you've given up defensively the last two weeks and expect to win the football game, regardless of what you do on offense. Luke, what about the psyche? I mean, you, the fact is we keep records. There's a scoreboard, and – the, the overall record says one and four and oh and two. And so a hole has been dug. And this is one of those points where you kind of look around and you're like, okay, who's bought in? Who's giving it everything they've got? Are, are there issues? Do you have people that are, are bailing or quitting? Where, where is kind of the, the psyche, the mindset of the team right now? Cause it, it, it feels like this is a precarious spot or could be. You, you do. Yeah. It could be very much. And the second half, I believe kind of told you that nobody had thrown in the towel. I'm not sure if you guys saw this play. Um, it was one of the wackiest plays that I've ever seen. Defense had Texas State backed up. I think this is in the late third quarter and mid-third quarter. They bring Finley down almost around the three, the two or the three-yard line. I think Hayes Maples had him. Somehow he gets the ball out to the running back, and he's going to house it. He's going to go 97 yards for a touchdown. Jay Stanley tracks him down knocks the ball out at the one-inch line, and Southern Miss gets the ball back on a touchback. And that was kind of how uh, a metaphor of, of how that, that game went. Um, and I thought it was a pretty interesting response from a team leader, a very encouraging response, because that still allowed the Golden Eagles to get back in it. Um, I don't think this team is thrown in the towel, uh, because if, even if you look at the Old Dominion side, this is a game – this coming game um, from the Old Dominion and the Southern Miss side are games that both of them really, really, they must win. And uh, so I, I believe while it was crazy disappointing to come back and still lose the football game, I do believe uh, they've been doing a lot of more things at practice, changing up practice flow to try to address the slow starts and, and to basically, as they've played in the second half, to start playing that in the first half. You mentioned a name just a second ago, um, Jay Stanley. For the year, 29 tackles, that's second on the team. He's got a couple of interceptions. He's broken up three passes. He's recovered a fumble. He's forced a couple of fumbles. Has he been consistently the best player on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, I think so. And and part of the reason that he's had to, to rise up is because, you know, he's the quarterback back there. Everybody else, you know, went to the NFL with Eric Scott and Brooks and or, you know, they graduated. And so he was basically helped breaking in two new corners and, and, uh, and another safety. Um, we, we didn't mention it last week. I told you there may be a possibility, but <laughs> the leader on defense, possibly the leader, uh, on the, the entire team, Avery Hobbes actually played. And he was a guy that we talked about had a heart condition, wasn't going to play, was ruled out for the year. Guys, on the 46th day, he uh, he wears number 46. On the 46th day of him wearing the heart monitor, they rechecked, and the doctor just said, I don't know what's happened, um, but there's nothing showing up wrong. And he practiced mid last week and actually played. And that was a crazy lift to this whole team. Um, to And so you mentioned Stanley, but Hobbes really not only just the leader on defense, he's back, and I think that does change some of the dynamics on the field going forward. 
How much did he end up playing? He only played some on special teams and only played, I think, an occasional okay. a couple third downs, and they're just breaking him back in. But the very fact that he it practiced. Didn't matter. I mean, it was just on the no. field. Yeah. Just the fact that a guy that you thought was, was out for the whole year, and uh, it, it was it was pretty miraculous that he's playing football right now, considering where he was six weeks ago. Yeah. So Southern Miss is favored. Um you may have heard the segment we started doing a couple of weeks ago, the, the fishy line of the week, and uh, I think it was Haydad who who said, okay, with, with the way Southern Miss is playing right now, I mean, hard to see them favored in a game and not kind of raise your eyebrows. Is that the right call, given the matchup with Old Dominion? Defensively, this is a game where Southern Miss can right the ship. Old Dominion has a lot of explosive plays, but it's because they face uh, third and longs. The second... Leading sack allowed offense is, uh, has given up 15. Old Dominion has given up 27 sacks in five games. And so that is a number that the defensive line and linebacking core can really, really, you know, go to this week. They, they are not good up front. And one of the reasons, uh, they're, now they're really good when they get backed up, and it's because they've basically been backed up the whole season. But that's really the number that I'm watching for. They did announce some changes on the offensive line today. They've moved around some people. Um, you've got two guys on uh, on the left side uh, of the line. Gabe Cavazas uh, is a transfer from Mississippi State. He's starting at left tackle. Matt Riles starting at left guard. They've moved Bryson Mays from left tackle to, to right tackle. And so two guys getting promoted. The offensive line is going to look different this week. Uh, Jaquan Scott, Scott is going to start at center. So they're, they're, they're shifting some stuff around trying to make it happen. But Old Dominion has been bad up front and defense can exploit that. Luke, real quick, last thing. Jeremy McLean released a statement yesterday, said, I know you're disappointed with football. We are to stick with us. What do you make of, of his statement? We're going to talk about it more after the break. We, we kicked it around. Um, I didn't ever, I didn't take it as a, this is Will Hall notice or a hot seat comment. I took it more as Jeremy McLean saying, Hey fans, I hear you. And, and we know, and we're, we're trying to get it right. I think it was him just saying, I hear you. And I understand the frustration. Okay. All right. We'll see where it goes from here. Luke, thanks as always for your time. Good catching up. Thanks guys. See you later. Luke Johnson, co-host of the Super Talk Eagle Hour, Super Talk Hattiesburg, and Super Talk Laurel. You can also catch that online at supertalk.fm. we got more coming up. So we'll read you that statement or the letter um, to fans that Jeremy McLean sent to uh, Southern Miss folks when we come back and talk a little bit more about it. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. We're back right after this. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Say that again. Please say it. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Sorry, poorly timed joke, completely inappropriate. On Super Talk Mississippi. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk.tv. So here was the message that Jeremy McLean sent to Southern Miss fans. 
I hope this message finds you all well. It's hard to believe October is already here and the new academic year is in full swing. We're excited about year two in the Sunbelt Conference as we look to continue building on the momentum created from our inaugural season. Uh, unfortunately, skipping ahead, football season has started much slower than many of us had hoped, and I know there is frustration for our fans, our staff, and our student-athletes. The importance of being successful in football is not lost on me or anyone associated with the university, so we will continue to work to get it right. In the meantime, I want to say thank you to those who have continued to show support even when it isn't easy. And then he talks about the need for that continued support with Old Dominion coming in this weekend for homecoming. And then he got into some other like facility issues and big-picture initiatives and whatever. Does that statement say anything to you? Does it have any effect, positive, negative, or otherwise, on the Southern Miss fans who are the recipients? And we're the intended recipients. I mean, that, that message wasn't for us. It wasn't for anybody other than Southern Miss fans. I never know what to make of statements from athletic directors anymore because they just talk in code. They, whatever the, the athletic director version of coach speak is, Everything's in that. They're never really telling you what they think. So it doesn't feel, feel like it's the vote of confidence. It doesn't feel like he's trying to, to give us the, the, the code words that, yeah, Will Hall might be in trouble at the end of this year. But to me, it's it's never a good thing when, when your athletic director has to stand up in front of everybody and say, hey, I know things aren't the way we hope, we hope they would be, but don't worry, we're, we're working on it. We're going to get them fixed. Because are you? Are you going to get them fixed? I never, I never feel good about it. Is that a? Is it in some ways? And I actually don't mean this as a negative, but is it kind of a kick the can down the road statement? He doesn't commit to anything. He says, "I hear you. We're all disappointed with how it's going. Everybody's working as hard as they can to get it right, but it doesn't him him in." In the event that things don't get better or things get significantly worse. But at the yeah. same time, it's not like throwing down the gauntlet for his football coach either. Doesn't name him. I don't know if that means anything or not. Doesn't name him. I'm with Hayden. I would love to know why now. You know, was there a meeting or something where you. Why did you decide to release this statement now? Not that he shouldn't have. I'm just like the thought process. Where where did this come from? Where did the inspiration to to sign this off come from? But that sentence in particular about it's not lost on me of the importance of football. And you know, to use a different example, apples to oranges, but those are still round things that you can eat. Missouri and Barry Odom. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Barry Odom didn't get fired at Missouri because the team stunk. They weren't good. They weren't bad either. They they were just went to bowl games four years in a row, right? If I remember correctly, he got fired because nobody was showing up. And right now, I mean, you know, we got we got the crowd shots from the two lane game. I cannot imagine it's going to look particularly good. On Saturday, maybe homecoming helps a little. The financial component to that, if if people are not showing up and they are not showing up, they're not. 
I mean, to even describe the Tulane crowd, again, that we got pictures of, as half full would be disingenuous. You can't have a football program in the South that does not get supported by people. Because it's not, it's not just wins and losses, man. It's, it's getting people around. I mean, what do you think happens to Oxford and Starkville when people don't show up to football games anymore? Oh, it's disastrous. The 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 mayor the mayor of Oxford in, in an interview uh, semi recently said that you can go through the tax logs and tell how good the football team was in a given year. That that I you can, that. Yeah, I absolutely I, believe that. I, I will take it a step farther than that. Beyond just the impact that it has to local business. Oxford has largely, not completely, but largely avoided the economic downturn that the rest of the country has dealt with the last three times that has happened. So 2007, right, economy turns down, almost goes back-to-back cotton balls, uh, balls 08, 09. 2000, what was it, 15 when it was turning down? That's when Ole Miss was in the midst of going to... What the, the the Chick-fil-A bowl and then the sugar bowl. And and like housing prices never really dipped. And now you're in this kind of like borderline recession right now and people are excited. You just had the biggest crowd you've ever had for a home game. People are turning around and coming back this weekend for another one. First weekend in November is gonna be huge. It it's been fortunate that football has been up when nationally the economy's been down. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. How do you like that? I love it. On Super Talk Mississippi. got a message on the ceasefire text line. Welcome back to Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Thanks for being with us on this Wednesday afternoon as we edge closer to another college football weekend. Alongside Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studio. Pearl River Resort, home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. You can visit them online at Pearl River Resort or book your tea time at DancingRabbitGolf.com. So the message on the ceasefire text line, I have a hard time understanding how there was a record crowd at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium without adding more seats. How do we keep breaking the record? My response was they've had the most students they've ever had attend each of the first three home games. They do some standing room only tickets. And then they sold some extra tickets for some of the field suites. I mean, you're not talking about a lot more people. It was 527 more people than the previous record. So Ole Miss has had three crowds in its history of more than 66,000 people. Two of those were in 2016. They had 66,038 for the Mississippi State game. 66,176 for Alabama in 2016. By the way, both of those were losses. 
And then against LSU this past weekend, 66,703. So you're not talking oh, that, about that state game. That's, that, is, that feels high. Was that that game? That there were some some empty spots in that stadium. I mean, fifty five, including state fans. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, well, by the end, yeah, but I mean, somebody like, yeah, yeah. Um, this students are, are there. Must have been a massive number of season tickets sold in twenty sixteen because Georgia, Auburn, I mean, that was coming off Alabama, coming off the Sugar yeah. Bowl. Yeah, I would imagine there were. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then <clears throat> Chad Kelly were, coming back. Yeah, you would think that. Yeah, and then things fell apart. That's um, that's how it went. So I've heard. Speaking of Ole Miss, uh, they're gonna need to borrow some money, Richard. They're gonna have to tap into your funds if these fines keep rolling in. The hundred thousand? No, they got seventy five no, more because some. They got hit with another seventy five. Fine for uh, delaying the game. Let me let's see if I can get the exact terminology. Wait, was that an SEC fine? Yeah, it just happened. Yes, yeah, it, they just announced oh. it. I just got an email here. University of Mississippi penalized for football game interruption, throwing debris onto the field. A portion of the fourth quarter was interrupted and delayed when some fans threw objects onto the playing field. Blah blah blah. Seventy-five thousand dollar fine. They'd be required to use all available resources to identify the individuals who threw objects and will be prohibited from uh, attending athletic events at Ole Miss mm. and review their, review and update the game management and alcohol availability policies and uh, provide a report to the conference office. Where were they last year when they were throwing a chair at the Egg Bowl? Where was that? Well, this is, I mean, this is the result of the incident in Knoxville a few years ago. Yeah. yeah. Right, the, the, the SEC formalized the sense, procedures yeah. for items being thrown onto the field that lead to a delay in the ballgame. So while Ole Miss was not necessarily uh, the beneficiary, and I guess Tennessee was penalized. I don't remember if there were monetary fines, penalties for Tennessee. I know they had to bunch of, do a bunch of paperwork and reevaluate their security procedures and all of that good stuff. But, um, so yeah, this is... Uh, it, <laughs> Ole Miss was on the receiving end of the whole objects being thrown onto the field. Now, Saturday night was a different scenario than the scenario in Tennessee. That was just insane. Totally different. Um, yeah. But look, here's the deal. It's the stupidest thing you can do as a fan. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not new that it's a stupid thing. It was stupid in the late 80s and the early 90s when Ole Miss fans, students, We'll get mad about a call and throw cups onto the field or throw whiskey bottles onto the field. It was stupid then. It was stupid in Knoxville. It's stupid if it happens in Starkville. It's stupid if it happens in Fayetteville. And it was stupid on Saturday night. You are a bad fan if you throw things onto the field, onto the playing surface. That, that That is a you problem. I don't care how much you've had to drink. That also is a you problem if you have had so much to drink that you do not have the ability to keep yourself from throwing a three-quarters full tall boy onto the field of, what was it, Blue Moon. I think that's like the the close-up picture that we've gotten over and over and over. Whatever. I don't have that kind of money to throw away a beer like that. Well, there's another reason it's stupid. (laughs) Stadium beer is not cheap. No. Yeah. Dumb. All around. 
But um, <laughs> somebody says, somebody says, will they ever hold the refs responsible for blowing calls? Oh, never. I mean, th- there is a scenario where you go, you know, if you don't miss the call, that doesn't happen. But we don't get to play that game. No. I mean, which is like, Chris. so there's a um, th- there's a Twitter account that tracks Major League Baseball umpires. And every time I watch it, I get irrationally angry because inevitably, terrible call, player complains, gets ejected, manager complains, gets ejected, and what happens to the umpire? They work the next day. They stay around for the rest of the game. You know what? If you had done your job and had not screwed up so egregiously, then those guys wouldn't have gotten run because they wouldn't have been yelling at you for being terrible at your job, Angel Hernandez. Worst-rated umpire in Major League Baseball this year. No it's been way. A tough year for him. Been a tough year for him. Not only is he the worst-rated ra- 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 sorry, worst-rated umpire in Major League Baseball this year, he also got his uh, discrimination lawsuit thrown out. A judge said there is no merit in this. Go away. I got a I got a question yesterday in the rumblings. Somebody said that the statistics had come in: twenty-one thousand missed balls and strikes this year. From the uh, the analytics that they do, so I did the math. That's an average of just under five a game. Five missed missed balls or strikes. I mean that out of twenty, you know, there was twenty one thousand strikes. There's four thousand eight hundred and sixty. I mean, I guess something like that. Yeah, three hundred. I don't think that's an egregious number. They're not all bad, but man, those five could be pivotal robot ums. I mean, how many of those? How many games were lost because ball four wasn't called, and somebody struck out and ended a rally, or strike three wasn't called and a run got in? I mean, one is too many. Bring on the the robots. This text is. Uh, I've I've wondered this about Starkville. Guy uh, Chris says. So what if a group of twenty fans want to get together and go to an opposing team stadium? And throw bottles on the field to get the other school in trouble for selling alcohol and fine. Well, okay. they would get very quickly. I mean, that would get figured out very, very fast, and and that wouldn't be an issue. What I'm curious about, though, is why has a fan base not gone to Starkville and rang bells for four quarters? Center over the football doesn't matter. Why? Why, why don't people do that? You've seen good road crowds at Mississippi State games, at least a few thousand people. Why don't they all go get cowbells and ring them like hell for four quarters and, my ig- and, ig- and ignore what's getting put up on the video board? Which, by the way, I, I, I noticed on television, fans probably, if you want to keep that tradition forever, need to do a little bit of a better job of stopping ringing when the center's over the football. That, you know, beat Nick Saban once and that's gone forever. Uh, we know how that works, but what's stopping Ole Miss fans this Egg Bowl, the four thousand of them or whoever that make the trek on Thanksgiving, getting bells and ringing them and nonstop, just ringing them, ringing them, ringing them, ringing them for the entire football game and getting state penalized? What is stopping them from doing I would, that? I would love to see it. I would love to see y'all try that. It'd be hilarious. That would be funny. I give, I give you, I give you, I give Ole Miss fans one offensive possession before they're like, "This sucks. Why are we doing this to ourselves?" No. I actually suggested one time to uh, a senior level official at Ole Miss standing on the field in Starkville, why don't you just do a promotion for the Egg Bowl next year and hand out a cowbell to every single person that comes through the gate? And like, surely you can get a mass produced in China for you know less than it would cost to get one of the 
high-end Belco. There goes Richard, not wanting to buy American. And, and, and somebody was like, oh, yeah, that's not a terrible idea. It, it really kind of would be interesting to do that one time, and then started playing with what it would cost to do that. Like, nope, not doing it. <laughs> it's, yeah, I'm sure it would be cost prohibitive. It's a half-a-million-dollar promotion. I was like, yeah, but you're kind of making a half-a-million-dollar point. Yeah. Anyway. So. The other thing is, like, to me, the whole thing is, like, 20 You're an fans idiot if you throw stuff on and, the field, though. That's the moral of the story. Am, am I going to spend – how much money is 20 tickets going to cost to get into the stadium and then get the beer? I mean, that, talk about cost prohibitive for a bunch of guys. I, who's going to do that? Who's, who's going to throw away their Saturday? Like, hey, we're going to our rival stadium and going to act like a rival fan for a few quarters so we can try to get them in trouble. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, please tell the Ole Miss fans on this show to no, shut God. blank up. Y'all are so biased on the show. For no, Ole no, Miss. he said Ole y'all Miss are so classless. biased. He said y'all are so biased because right, well, he's an idiot. Well, you'll actually never text us again. Goodbye. Don't cuss us on the text. Let's go to the junction, in the grove, and to the top. Start yourself. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. We lost Richard again. We'll try to get him back. But in the meantime, we go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. This is <laughs> just looking at his phone. No, no idea. No idea. <laughs> he has no idea. Oh, poor guy. I mean, there's a clock in hey, front Trey. of him, though. Yeah, hey, Trey, what's hey. up? I know. Trey hey, what, what happened to Richard? Seven the bus. He's, uh, he, he's he is having TikToks. technical difficulties. Yeah. <laughs> is, he trying to, is he trying to figure out what, what, what happened with all those fines? Levied against Ole Miss by the SEC. <laughs> well, he's got to have to move some money around on those, Trey, and, and so he can get those paid off for Ole Miss. <laughs> so he's he looking off. Maybe he's around. around. He's got it. Uh, yeah, he's, he's not. Well, yeah. He finally figured it out. Yeah, there he is. He got it. There he got it. <laughs> it he got it. He knows now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. Yeah, Trey's been covering Arkansas for a long, long time. He joins us right now on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. So, uh, Trey, I was talking to a friend about this game uh, upcoming in Oxford last night, and I said, tell me if you agree with this statement, that Ole Miss could deliver a, a punishing, fatal blow to Sam Pittman on Saturday. Well... It could be to this season. I don't think it'll be to his career at Arkansas because the buyout is so big. And, you know, they've had to buy out Brett Bielema. They had to buy out Chad Morris. They've had to buy out Mike Anderson in basketball. So I don't know that he would be fired after this season. Um, but if he doesn't win a game in the SEC, I could potentially see that happening if they only won three games this year. But Ole Miss could really turn the, the seat 
the the hot seatness, if you will, if that's a term that I can use, they would definitely be able to turn it up uh, pretty high if if the game gets out of hand and let's say twenty five thirty point victory by the Rebels. Hey, I recognize that voice. What's up, Trey Shap? What's up, Richard Cross? They they were talking about you trying to find a way to pay all of Ole Miss's fines to the SEC. That's why you went away for a while. Yeah, well. We got to see how this Powerball thing goes tonight, and then uh, I'm still probably wouldn't pay the, those fines. I mean, I might make a donation, but I'm not sure that it would be for fines. Um, appreciate right. you uh, you joining us. Sorry, had some uh, some technical issues there. Uh, obviously, I jumped late into the the answer that you were given there. What's the likelihood of that happening, though, Trey? I mean, uh, as lopsided a victory as you're talking about. I mean, this is a series that um, a lot of the games in Fayetteville have not been close, and they've gone Arkansas's way. Most of the games in Oxford have been more close, um, but more times than not, the home team has won in recent years. Yeah, I think you can go back to two years ago. Was that on his end or my end? Yeah, that's him. Guys, we are having that's... a day. We, we <laughs> are a having day. a you know what? day. Let's just, go, let's just go home. We're calling it a day. Give me you know one second. Just tap out. Can we just best of it the rest of the way. We'll. Uh, I can't wait for tonight. Can't wait to see what happens on Thunder serves, and Lightning. Serves us right. Yeah. Oh goodness. So Richard, how are you? What is it? The last ten games that have been played in the Ole Miss Arkansas series, Arkansas leads the series six to four. Um, okay. I think the home team, with the exception of the. Hunter Henry game is the only time a road team has won in the last ten. I don't know what's going on, Trey. Maybe this just nah, isn't I... supposed to happen today. No, no, uh, kicking we're me off. talking about the overall series. Yeah, I, I just think that, you know, obviously it's it's been back and forth. There have been some close games, and like you said, the road team hadn't won in a long time since fourth and 25. Um, I, I'm just not a guy that can look at, games between certain teams and say, well, okay, this team beat this team by this many, so it should happen that way. I just don't see that happening. And so the fact that Ole Miss was able to beat LSU, Arkansas played LSU close, I don't know that that means anything this year. You look at Ole Miss and what they have offensively, I mean, that that scares you. Um, What do they have defensively? Can Arkansas move the ball against them? Arkansas couldn't move the ball against Texas A&M. At times they did. But K.J. Jefferson trying to throw from his back, I mean, he was sacked seven times in the game against A&M. So the question, I think, is can the Arkansas offensive line protect and then can Arkansas score and then will their defense be able to stop Ole Miss? I mean, obviously that seems like what you would ask every week, week in, week out in any game. And So um, I think it's going to be a close game. But uh, if Ole Miss gets to rolling, um, it could get ugly. And, you know, K.J. going back to his home state of Mississippi, he's always played well in his home state of Mississippi. And this being his last time to play in the state of Mississippi, I think he's going to try and put forth a good game. Yeah, and and he certainly has had a lot of good games along the way. So so that's three big questions you asked, though. Can the Arkansas offensive line be better? Can they score? Yeah. And can they slow down the Ole Miss offense? So, so yeah, but, but let's start with the first part of that, that offensive line. What's going on there? And, and I guess kind of as a, a subset, the the tight end going down, how, how big of a deal is that for a guy that was playing so well early 
Not just in the yeah, season, he, but in his career. Yeah, no, he was playing well. He's a true freshman, too. Luke Hans, he had two touchdown receptions against LSU and then goes down on the first play against Texas A&M, broke his clavicle. That's a big loss, and I think there was a little bit of a shock to Arkansas when that happened. It changed basically their, their offensive game plan because you didn't have him um, in the game. They're still trying to figure out the offensive line, guys, and that's just something that I don't get when you've got – you know, uh, a guy as the head coach that was known to be an offensive line guru, uh, that's that's what he cut his teeth in in the college football game. And as a head coach, you would expect him to have a better offensive line. I mean, this team a couple of years ago, um, they, they did everything. And I know they've got some new guys in there, but um, they just have not been able to gel together. They have not been able to figure it out. Uh, so far this season. Can they get it figured out and come together? I mean, you look at what they did against LSU. They rolled the pocket. They gave K.J. time. And then when at times when K.J. didn't have time, he bought himself time and was able to scramble a little bit. Um, I just don't, I don't know what to expect because this is a team that has played bad at times against BYU on the offensive line front. They played bad against Kent State. Somehow they were able to win that game. Um, but then you look at the losses, uh, BYU, LSU, and Texas A&M, and in two of the three of those games, their offensive line play was not very good. Yeah. Boy, this is just – this is a daunting stretch on the schedule. I mean, yeah. I think most people thought Arkansas was going to beat BYU. They end up losing that game. And then you roll into this stretch of four conference games, four Western Division games, LSU on the road – A&M away from home, Ole Miss on the road, and then you finally get to go back home and, oh, great, Alabama's coming into town as they're figuring things out. No, 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 no. Alabama's in Tuscaloosa. It's on the road, too. Is it really? Yeah. Okay, so when is this Arlington thing going away? Uh, Next year is the last year for it. (laughs) Next year is the last year to play at AT AT&T Stadium against Texas A&M. There is some talk that they might, that Jerry Jones might put up some more money and the university might have a new opponent there. It would be a non conference opponent, obviously not an SEC game. Um, But you look at this road stretch and you thought, okay, if you could win one game, maybe split, that would be good. But you're looking at Ole Miss and then at Alabama, and I just don't see where they're going to get a win there, guys. I really don't. Trey, the other thing is that's really hard for so, – so if you think about ticket buyers, like the, the consumer in this, so the schedule sets up three at home to start the year when it's more times than not hot as it can be. There's a Mississippi State game after four straight road games and then three at home at the end of the year where more times than not it's freezing in Fayetteville. Yeah, the fact that they have only played – and they haven't played a conference game in Fayetteville yet. That's the other thing. They're not doing that for another two weeks. Um, it, it could be freezing in November in Fable. It could not be. Obviously, the day after Thanksgiving with Missouri, it could possibly be snowing. Who knows? Um, but you just look at the way the schedule was set up this year, and everybody, Richard, guys, they were pointing to this stretch, this four-game stretch, because like you said, everybody thought, okay, BYU comes to Fable. You knock off BYU. You're 3-0 and heading into, Texas, to, into LSU. Say you lose that game, well, okay, you're 3-1. and one. You can bounce back against Texas A&M. You played them close the last couple of years. Now, this past weekend was not close, but 
it, you did have a punt return by A&M for a touchdown. They did tip a ball and then picked it off and ran it in for a touchdown. You tried to go for it on fourth and one from the shotgun, not under center. Gave Texas A&M a short field before the half. So there were mistakes made, but that was a winnable game for Arkansas. If you really go back and look at it, that's a game that they probably could have won if just a couple of things go right for them. If some coaching decisions don't put them in adverse situations. Um, so they could have been potentially, you know, four and one going into this game with Ole Miss. And there's a lot of hype around this game as opposed to, ah, it's Ole Miss. What the heck are you doing? Sports Talk Mississippi on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for joining us. Ceasefire text line is open, 601-879-4395. Great to be with you alongside Michael Borky and Brian Haydad. I am uh, I'm Richard Cross. Um, Borky, don't we have something to give away once again today? But but not passes? Are we Are we able to... To to do that today, we buddy, we're why not? The, the struggle bus is moving, and and we are the population we're on that on bus. It. We are on it. We are on that bus. Technical we, we failures well, I, everywhere. I mean, it's you know, yeah, and, and that just happens, right? It's like, hey, our audience knows we're live. I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> this is not pre-recorded. This is not pre-recorded, no, my is, friends. This this is Ole Miss Alabama 2018. This is Mississippi State LSU this year. This is just everything going wrong. Murphy's Law is in full effect. Our pets' heads are falling off. So, to try and make everything right with the world, let's give something away. Okay. Last two days, we've given away tickets to the (laughs) um, Sanderson Farms Championship. Somebody just texted an eagle. Just hopeful that that's the time. <laughs> I almost want to get. I almost want him to win. I mean, give it, that guy yeah. something. Send him a t-shirt. Yeah, so uh, that's pretty well done. That was pretty good. well done. Uh, so the Mississippi State Fair is almost here. The 164th annual State Fair, 164 years of doing anything is impressive. Really cool. That's really impressive. Uh, It's going on at the State Fairgrounds, once again with rides, fair food, games, rodeos, concerts, and more. The fair begins tomorrow, and Super Talk Mississippi is giving you a chance to win a four-pack of tickets and a parking pass. So, get your... your Dialing fingers ready. Have you ever had people call you this time instead of texting? Absolutely not. I mean, I mean no. honestly, I mean the phone system crashed during the interview. So I mean, you know, <laughs> can't, yeah, can't depend on that um, either. All right, ceasefire text line six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. What is your uh, what is your favorite attraction at the? I'm not that's not part of the question. I'm asking, hey, Dad and Borky, what is your favorite attraction at the fair? The food, Franken food, yeah, yeah. All right, 
be the seventh person to text the word words funnel cake to the ceasefire text line 601-879-4395 seventh person to text funnel cake here we go uh you will win a four pack of fair passes one and a parking pass two two three, three. four there's four oh Five. Five. It's close. Six. Six. There it is. And done. Yes. Tyler and Foxworth is the winner. Uh, speaking Beautiful. of Tyler, that. congratulations. Uh, we'll get segue. the info. Segway. So, fair food. Stop texting. Yeah, we're good. Sorry. That's but, uh, fair food, all that stuff. Perfect transition into mm-hmm. have you seen the picture? of what the Atlanta Braves are going to be serving at their home playoff games this year. For however many they have. The Atlanta Braves are serving something that they are calling Chicken Ain't Nothing But a Bird. Okay? It is two fried chicken... I guess they're cutlets. They're they're, they're, they're thinner. They're, They're kind of hammered down. So two of them, two fried chicken cutlets with... The three buns, so like the McDonald's style, top bun, middle bun, bottom bun, right? And on top of those buns is powdered sugar. Yeah. What the buns are, are three glazed donuts. So fried chicken, what I think is, pig, there's some kind of sauce on there as well. I would assume some kind of honey sauce. It doesn't say. But it's a double stack chicken sandwich with three glazed donuts as buns Topped with powdered sugar like you're at Cafe Dumont in New Orleans. Here is uh, I don't know if diabetes can cause a heart attack, but that will try. That will try to do it. Chicken ain't nothing but a bird, Blue. Double stack fried wet lemon pepper free range chicken breast sandwiched between lemon pepper donuts. And southern angry pickled green tomatoes finished with peach bourbon Kool-Aid and powdered sugar. <laughs> Would you like me to read that description one more time? Yes, please. You know, you know the lemon pepper wet. That's the uh, the Magic City uh, famous wings that uh, was made popular in the NBA playoffs a couple years ago. It's called Chicken Ain't Nothing But a Bird, Blue. Double stack fried wet lemon pepper free range chicken breast sandwiched between three glazed donuts and southern angry pickled green tomatoes finished with peach bourbon coulee and powdered sugar. Brother, if a human being tried to eat that whole thing, I'm not sure if they would die or have a heart, if they would pass out and die or just have a heart attack and die. I don't know which one they would go. I would love to try. Sugar-induced coma? Uh, well, I mean, I'd take a bite. Well, yeah, what a sure. great career that is. I mean, think, think about Come up with just, the, the Franken food? Yes. There's somebody that got paid. Like, they showed up to work, they, they kissed their wife yeah, and kids yeah. goodbye, and, and, and they drove to the office, and what they did at the office was go to, like, they, I'm they. They have kitchens in these offices where they they make things and test things. And all that person did was sit down and think, hmm, baseball. Hey, this is part and of made an that. entire postseason menu. Really? Is there anything the else back? catching your eye? What's that? The whole thing. The brushback. Half a pound of tender beef brisket, 
smoked for 12 hours in the outfield, topped with melted provolone, caramelized sweet onions and savory mushrooms, spicy jalapenos on a toasted hoagie with au jus on the side. Okay. Yeah. That sounds great, but that's the, not a triple stack donut double fried that, chicken. That one sandwich. that one was actually reasonable. That was a reasonable sandwich what yeah. you did. The brushback is a reasonable sandwich that a person could eat and not feel terrible about their life later. The the foul pole, F O W L pole. Oh no. A trio of skewered sweet tea brined chicken thighs fried to a golden crispy perfection. Served oh, with man. Carolina oh. mustard sauce and Coca-Cola barbecue. That's it. Okay. I mean, it sounds good, though. Sounds good. I mean, that's chicken on a stick. Would eat. Yeah, but it's got Coca-Cola the, barbecue, though. I'll try that. Yeah, the, the sweet grounder. Charbroiled sweet Italian sausage smothered with provolone, roasted bell peppers, tobacco onions, and garlic aioli on a soft roll. Yeah, sure. The whole nother ball game. Gigantic all-beef Italian meatball braised in San Marzano Pomodoro sauce for two hours, topped with fresh mozzarella cheese and sauce nuzzled in a glove-inspired bread bowl, lightly brushed with basil pesto sauce and extra virgin olive oil. Man, that's and then really um, and, and then some drink specials. The Blue yeah. Bayou, B-A-Y-O-U, Svedka Vodka, Blue Carousel, Grapefruit Juice, and a Pineapple Wedge. Uh, left Field Lemonade, which is Lit Vodka Lemonade and a Lemon Wheel. The Sweet Georgia Peach Smash, which is Cooper's Craft Whiskey, Lemon Juice, Simple Syrup, Sliced Peach, and Seltzer Water. And finally, the Mashing Margarita, El Himidor, Silver Tequila, Lime Juice, Orange Juice, Simple Syrup, and a Lime Wheel. We got a text that said, God bless America. CC in Senatobia. Please try our diabetic coma chicken sandwich. You get a free insulin shot with every purchase. This really is the greatest Wilford country Brimley on comes earth, to your man. seat and is like, Wilford Brimley serves you each sandwich. He brings it right to your right to your table. And it's like, here you go. Here's your diabetes that you ordered. You, you don't get this crap in the EPL or Premier League. You get mushy No, no I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. There's no there's no chicken sandwich like that at Stamford Bridge or or at Anfield or anything like no chance. That reminded me of uh, so uh, Ludwig Aberg is playing in the Sanderson Farms. He, he was on uh, Team Europe in the Ryder Cup. He's a, a superstar in the May. I mean, was elite at Texas Tech. He's where he played elite. his college golf. He, he's a star. Um, there was a video of him that came out this morning about you know why he chose to to come and play in the Sanderson despite being. Uh, out of America for weeks and, you know, playing in the ever-emotional Ryder Cup. And he started the video by saying, I'm glad to be back in America. I'm going to get Chipotle tonight. (laughs) It's like this guy just spent weeks in Rome playing this huge event in the Ryder Cup, and he gets back to the States. He's like, I'm glad to be here. I get Chipotle. (laughs) Jeez, man. God bless him. Our buddy, uh, Our buddy Robert St. John, you know, he does those monthly or those trips to to Italy and to Europe all those years. He always says when he gets back off the airplane in Atlanta, first stop, the Popeyes. He said that's one of his favorite meals to have is to get that that Popeyes when he gets back into this country every time. You know, there's also a varsity in the international terminal at Hartsfield. That's your thing. Excuse, Excuse me? That's your thing. 
You're such a confusing person. Rangers just beat Tampa Bay. So the Rangers advance to meet the Orioles. We'll be back. Can you feel it? Can you hear it? Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah! On Super Talk Mississippi. We got the rankings for the TV games from last week. And uh, in some ways, there was more of the same. Number's a little bit smaller, though. Uh, Southern Cal, Colorado, in the big noon window on Fox, was once again the highest drawing or the the most watched game. Colorado drew, um, I say, I mean, together they did. But it's Colorado's the attraction here. 7.24 7.24 million viewers. Most of any game last week. Second was Georgia-Auburn on CBS at 6.4 million. Think about that. Think about that. Yeah. A close Auburn-Georgia game got beat by Colorado. Mm-hmm. By, by 750,000 viewers, no less. I mean, that it's it's unbelievable how much of a draw Deion Sanders is. I actually think there's some things that, that jump off the page that we need to be reminded of in this list. Notre Dame Duke was number three at 5.32 million. That was the primetime game on ABC. Mm-hmm. Michigan-Nebraska was the fourth most watched game at 4.48 million. That was the afternoon game on Fox. And then LSU Ole Miss was the fifth most watched game on Saturday on ESPN Saturday night, 3.72 million. Just behind that, Alabama-Mississippi State at 3.35 million. So, what do we what, what do we make of these numbers? One, the Colorado story hasn't gotten completely stale yet. Nope. No. And I think last week's game, last week's game helps them, right? They were competitive against a national power. They're an exciting football team. Their games going forward, they're going to have chances. They're going to have some chances to win. Yeah. You're right. You're absolutely right. Um, so number one, we learned that Colorado is still a draw. Number two, Over-the-air networks are still king. Mm -hmm. Even though ESPN shows more college football than anybody else across all of its networks, the -the over-the-air networks are still king. Top four rated games, Fox, CBS, ABC, Fox. That'll do it. 3.72 million is a good number. It'd have been better if Notre Dame was in in the same time slot. It it would. It would. Ole Miss LSU there. But... The other part of that is Notre Dame is a massive draw, and don't you forget it. Michigan is a massive draw, and don't you forget it. Michigan-Nebraska was a bad football game. But people tune in to watch Michigan, and it doesn't matter who they're playing. And that was Um, up against 
the aforementioned Auburn-Georgia game. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, if Michigan's not playing in that window, then that audience is bigger. That Auburn-Georgia audience is bigger also. Yep. But, I so. mean, the, the strength in these, it, it's still – it's something I go back to often is how college football is so much more popular than it gets covered nationally. You, you put on FS1 or Get Up or First Take and all, all these national sports talk shows, and they don't – even Dan Patrick, who I really like, they don't talk about college football. And it is – There were 14 games this past Saturday, Borky, that did a million or more viewers. You know who does not do that ever? The NBA. Major League Baseball. Regular season, anyway. Playoffs Certainly they don't do it with multiple games on the same day. Oh, God, no. Absolutely not. I mean, Christmas Day, yes. It is tangibly, by far, our second favorite thing in this country. Followed only behind the NFL. And it, it doesn't it doesn't get its justice. And, so, and it is a distant second to the NFL. It is. But honestly, yeah. it's getting to the point where where you've got distant thirds and fourths. But he, yeah. we're, we're talking right. we're we're talking about Georgia Auburn, and again, th- those are big brands. A week five game with a really bad Auburn team. They drew more viewers than every single NBA game regular season game will this season. All of them. Every single one. All of them. It will beat all of them. James in Hattiesburg says, can you review how the ratings are calculated and gathered? Last time I researched, it was a very inexact science. It's getting much better. But it is an inexact science. Yeah, they have the ability to track everything we do these days, and so it's it's better than... Than yeah. it used to be. Especially with streaming trends and booklet. stuff. Yeah. 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 And, and so they take representative samples and then extrapolate those out. Sports Talk Mississippi, 5 o'clock hour. College football fix coming up next. next keep it moving buddy you can be a part of sports talk mississippi triple eight eight oh eight eight six three seven on super talk mississippi Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Genteel. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. So I went by their um, their headquarters yesterday and was just kind of looking at some of the fall stuff that they've got available. And they have perhaps the softest, most comfortable piece of clothing I have ever put on my body, and you can order it. Um, it is a... Quarter zip hoodie. Comes in two colors. They've got it in, in navy and then they've got it in uh, uh, a sage. Little Q zip. Uh, little, little Q zip hoodie. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, if if you don't like the like a, a hoodie where it's kind of constricting around your neck, you can just back the zipper off a little bit, get the same feel. And I'm telling you, it is the softest, most comfortable material I've, I've ever felt in my life. Um, so you can check that out and a whole lot more uh, on their website at genteelapparel.com. You can also find Genteel Apparel at stores all across the state of Mississippi, including Reed's in Starkville, Randy Price and Company in Hattiesburg, Abraham's in Indianola, the Willander in Brandon, Mile 363 in Natchez, Sappington's in New Albany, Abraham's in Cleveland, Claude Julian's in Kosciuszko, MLM in Tupelo, Shirley Dogs in Corinth, the Well-Dressed Man in Brookhaven. All of those places across the state of Mississippi can help you look your best in genteel and also make sure that uh, you get the layers that you need. It's going to be a little cool on Saturday for uh, for some ball games here in the Magnolia State. Richard Cross, Michael Borkey, and Brian Haydad. You want to be a part of the conversation, you can join us on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. It's time to put your thinking cap on. Because coming up in just a minute for the college football fix, we are going to pretend as if we have power rankings for the SEC. We're going to rank the SEC 1 through 14. It is freaking hard. It is a difficult exercise. So think about that just for a minute. But first, I'll remind you that we're coming to you live from the Pearl River Resort Studios, Pearl River Resort it's home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Check them out online at PearlRiverResort.com. It's time right now for the College Football Fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to BuyFordNow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. But it's not just trucks. I got savings on all of the full line of Ford vehicles. It's sedans and SUVs and trucks, the whole gamut. BuyFordNow.com and visit your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. So let's just talk through these. Uh, I, I think it would be a little too listy if we like all were like, hey, there's how I'd rank them 1 yeah. through 14. So, so let's just yeah. talk through it and, and see if we can kind of come to a consensus. I will tell you that the way I filled it out, I, I had a clear number one. I thought I had a clear number two, but I wanted to think about that just for a minute. And I had a clear number 14. And so I wrote in number one, which was Georgia. I wrote in number 14, which is Vanderbilt. And then I had to stop and think for a while. So I ended up working bottom up on this list. So Georgia at number one. Do we have any issue with Georgia right now? I mean, they are still undefeated. They are still the number one team in the country. Maybe they haven't looked as impressive as they have in years gone by, but they're 5-0 and and 2-0 and in the league. Yeah, that should be number one. No arguments. Okay. All right. And they've got wins over, over South Carolina and Auburn so far. So it's not exactly like they've played the most difficult teams in the SEC, but they've won. Vanderbilt's number 14. They are 0-2 in the league. They're 2-4 and overall. They started the year with two wins. They uh, they beat Hawaii, which is not a great football team, and they beat Alabama A&M, and then they lost at UNLV in a close game, 
and they've lost their first two SEC games as well. Oh, and they also lost at Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Vanderbilt at number 14. Number 13. I got Mississippi State there for now. And I'm not saying that they can't move mm-hmm. out of that spot. But they are the only 0-3 team in the SEC. And I'll go ahead and tell you who I've got at 12 as well. I've got Auburn at 12. And so if I'm trying to decide between those two teams, looking at what they've done in league play, State's got three losses, pop pretty good by LSU, uh, they lose at South Carolina, they lose to Alabama. They played a difficult schedule, but Auburn, close loss, no offense at A&M, close loss against the number one team in the country, and if you want yeah. to go to the non-conference, Auburn went all the way across the country and won on the road against a Pac-12 team, and Mississippi State had a Pac-12 team come all across the country, all the way across the country, and they won in overtime. So, yeah, to me, that was the differentiator between those two. It's it's absolutely the case that 13 is where State belongs right now. Okay, and this can change. We might turn this into a weekly exercise, but but for now, I. It's hard to argue against that right now. Yeah. Uh, Number 11, Arkansas. Maybe that's too low for Arkansas. Maybe. But they've got a home loss to a good but not great BYU team. And they got a loss to A&M in a neutral site. And a close loss to LSU. And again, maybe Arkansas should be higher. But two and three overall is a problem. Yeah. And Tennessee. And I got South Carolina right in. Say what? And, and Florida has that win over Tennessee, too. So you, you I'm can't. not entirely sure that Auburn couldn't be ahead of Arkansas. Maybe. I hear that argument. But, but I guess I feel like Arkansas. Lost to BYU at home? Yeah. I don't know if you would have lost to BYU at home. Well, maybe not. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure that Auburn would have scored 31 either. No. Which BYU probably wouldn't right. have scored 38, but regardless. Uh, I've Good got South Carolina play each at other, 10. So. Yeah, yeah. Fair. Very fair. Uh, South Carolina at 10. They do have an SEC win. Uh, yeah. i got Florida just above South Carolina and Tennessee just above Florida. I understand that Florida beat Tennessee – but Tennessee's yeah, but, four and one. They're, yeah. they're just—they're a better team than Florida is. If you gave Tennessee that game back, I, f- I feel like I know what the outcome would be. Yeah, I agree. I think so. I think so. I, and then here's where it kind of gets interesting. So let's go to the top and work our way down from here. All right. So Georgia won. I settled on Alabama at two. Yeah, I, I know I they agree. make the loss to Texas, but they are two and zero oh in the SEC, and I think they're getting yeah, I agree. better. I've got A&M at three. Okay. A&M has the got-throttled loss against Miami, mm-hmm. but they all are also 2-0 and in the SEC. I, I feel like maybe we're disagreeing here. I'm just Kentucky, thinking. Kentucky, I have if, four. As a, oh, wow. Okay. I've got Ole Miss at five. Mm, I, would, I could make a strong case for Ole Miss at three. Okay. I mean, they they lost a tight one on the road to number two in this ranking. 
They were they, they they've blown out their three non-conference opponents, and then they beat LSU, who I guess you have sixth. I've got LSU at six and Missouri at seven. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you make a strong case for LSU. For I would have Ole Miss fourth. I'd have them. Ahead. I think I'm just trying to think when I do rankings like this. I'm think in my head who would win if they played. If I don't have that evidence already, and I think Ole Miss would beat Kentucky. On a neutral field, I think Ole Miss would beat Kentucky. Would be favored to do so as, as well. What about A and M? On a neutral field, A and M would probably be favored, but it'd be really close. Be like one and a half, two points. Well, and and that was kind of the point about where this thing gets hard. Like three, four, huh. five. I've got A and M, Kentucky, Ole Miss. But I'd be okay with Ole Miss, A and M, Kentucky, or Ole Miss, Kentucky, A and M, or Kentucky, Ole Miss, A and M, or Kentucky, A and M, Ole Miss. I, like. You, yeah. you could pull those three out of a hat, and I would be okay with slotting any of those three right now. I, I guess ultimately I gave A&M the nod because they are 2-0 and in the league. Mm-hmm. Ultimately. You're never going to live down sports boy, by the way. Uh, we got that on the uh, text line again. <laughs> Somebody different. Little, we got to change him. We're changing him. Little sports boy. Little sports boy. <laughs> boy, I got to make it a little more. Little sports boy. Oh, man. S-P-O-R-Z-B-O-I. Sports Boy. Some of your messages on the uh, C Spire text line. Sports Boy just trying to get brownie points with the maroon people. Sports Boy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like 13. Number 12. Yeah, I, no, I, didn't. I did not skip number 12. I had Auburn at 12. Uh, State 13, totally fair. Robert says you can't have a clear number one, Richard. Georgia can't score effectively. Yeah, but you got to slot somebody number one. And Alabama's got a loss. And Georgia doesn't. Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Do you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by M-Trade Park in Oxford. mtradepark.com is their website. You go there and you click on the full schedule of events and see the tournaments that are coming up. And there are a bunch that are happening in the month of October, including a U-Triple-S-A baseball tournament this weekend. Uh, next weekend, October 14th and 15th, you've got the third annual Battle for the Square soccer tournament. You'll have teams from all over Mississippi of the Southeast coming in for that. October 14th, also at M-Trade Park, a U-Triple-S-A fast-pitch tournament. Then it's uh, back to baseball in weekend number three, October 21st and 22nd, the Mississippi Bombers Southeast Fall Invite. And then U-Triple-S-A baseball coming up the uh, last weekend of the month of October as well. Uh, so a lot of good stuff happening, and uh, you need to uh, you can check all of that out. Uh, you can check it all out. Uh, by the way, the Mississippi Bombers tournament is a fast pitch event, not a baseball event. My apologies. That is a very, very accomplished uh, softball program here in the state of Mississippi. So check it all out online at mtradepark.com. If you're going to play, play mtrade. So let's see here. Somebody says, 
I would have Missouri number two, Kentucky three, A and M four, or I think so. Then flip a coin for A and M four and five with Ole Miss. So here, here's the issue that I've got with that. Now Missouri very much could climb into that spot depending on what they look like on Saturday. It's about to get real for Missouri. But the resume so far for Missouri is this. A ho-hum win over South Dakota. An eked-it-out win against a 1-4 Middle Tennessee State team. A walk-off 61-yard field goal against a good Kansas State team. A one-touchdown win over an OK Memphis team in the Dome in St. Louis. And then a convincing win against Vanderbilt on the road. The resume's fine, but there's nothing special about that so far for me. So here's what's coming up. Number 23, LSU. Number 20, Kentucky. Number, uh, let's see, unranked South Carolina. Number one, Georgia. Number 22, Tennessee. Florida. Arkansas. If you had a vote, that's the rest of the way from Missouri. Would you have ranked LSU this week? No, I wouldn't have. And I had a segment yesterday where I called their offense elite, on par with anybody in the sport. However, I think if you've got two losses at this point, you don't deserve to be ranked. I don't know. When you have two losses and you just gave up seven hundred yards of offense, you don't deserve to be ranked. No chance. You got to earn yourself back, but you got to yeah. win this week and you can come back in, but take a week out. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <clears throat> I'm hesitating on that because I know what my eyes have seen at times from LSU. Do I think LSU is one of the 25 best teams in the country? I do. Do they deserve to be in the top 25 right now? Probably not. Pro- probably not. Um, let's see. Robert says, my wife said she heard my text on the show. Thanks, guys. She thinks I'm famous now. Yeah, you are. Shout out to Robert. Um, let's see here. This weekend should clear up a lot at the top of the SEC. Let's see how it goes with SEC teams and also how it goes with the Texas-Oklahoma game. Should should say a lot about Alabama's loss. Yeah, so you know Texas is good. Yeah, just good. I mean, what they did to Kansas, I, I, that's a good Kansas team. It really is. That's a good Kansas team. They just even without Jalen Daniel, even without him, I forget his name because I had that game on TV too. Didn't have the sound up. Backup quarterback can play too. He's athletic. Like he's good. He's good. Texas dismantled them, and don't forget about what they did in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, they're they're legit. Uh, will they run the table? We'll see. But you know how I like to name weekends. I mean, this one, i, I got to workshop the name. Education Saturday? That's not very good. But we're going to learn so much. We're going to learn about Oklahoma. Learn me something. We are. Learn I mean, me something this weekend. Oklahoma's got their first test on Saturday. Their first real test, with all due respect to Cincinnati. How legit is Oklahoma? We're about to find out. Win over Florida's nice. But is Kentucky actually a contender? We'll see. A win over Kansas State is nice. But that's all it is. Is Missouri legit? 
we're about to find out. And, and then to bring it local. Do you believe? Do, do you believe? Do you believe Saturday? No, no, don't do that. Yeah, don't do the believe don't, thing. Don't, don't, don't put believe into anything. Don't do it. That doesn't end well. Make, make me believe? Oh, 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 oh. Show me. Show me Saturday. Nailed that works, it. especially with Missouri, with Missouri having a big game. Yeah, yeah, yep. I like that. Yep. There we go. That's the show one. me Saturday. Show me Saturday, and then locally, uh, you Print said it yesterday. Your, your your word yesterday was really good. Validation for Ole Miss. Validate your win. Because if you lose to Arkansas this weekend, all LSU was was quarterback, receiver, and play caller had a really nice night, and that's all it was. There's mm-hmm. one good night. But you beat but, you beat Arkansas and go to the bye week five and one ranked around number ten, and then you've got Auburn who you should be. I mean, th- then things start getting real for you. But you've got to validate your win on Saturday first. That that's the thing about winning a big game. The next game becomes a big game. When you win a big game, every game, the next game is always a big game. It's you know, it's the coolest thing about being a fan of a team that's good. Every time you win the stakes are raised for the following week. All right, so so show me Saturday. LSU, show me that all that talent on your roster can play. Missouri, show me that that 5-0 and is not hollow. Western Michigan at Mississippi State. Mississippi State, show me a pulse. Show huh? me that you can go out against a team that you are significantly better than at every position on the field and play like it. Alabama at AM. AM? Show me your A&M can show us a lot. Yeah. Show me A&M, that you're not Alabama. intimidated by Alabama. Alabama, show me this is still your division. It's an elephant of a football mm-hmm. game. Just gigantic, man. No pun intended. No pun. Well, pun kind of. Everything's bigger in Texas, though. So. Vandy, Florida. Show me another channel on the TV guide so I can find a different game to watch. <laughs> Show me literally Kentucky anything at Georgia. else. Kentucky at Georgia. All right, Georgia. Show me you're still the best team in the country. Show me that all of this talk is, is wasted oxygen. Kentucky. Show me you're for real. And you don't even have to win to show me you're for real, Kentucky. Sure. You. Show me how big a boy you really really are, Kentucky. Yeah. Ole Miss, show me. Show me that offense a second week in a row. Show me a little something else on defense. Arkansas, show Show me. Show me, can you put it together, both sides, one game? Yeah. Yeah. You can do that with every team in the SEC. Yeah. What a weekend. Can I get Ole Miss's defense from Alabama and Ole Miss's offense from LSU? Can I see that? Show me that. Because that team can beat anybody. Yeah. Arkansas says, please don't show us that. <laughs> don't show you that. I mean, and, and look, rest, hey, rest of the top 25. Red River, show me Texas. Show me. I think Oklahoma's Oklahoma? big show me. Especially show me. Show me. I don't believe in y'all Maryland? at all. At Ohio State. Man, I, I think Ohio, Ohio State right now. They are benefiting from name only. They they should have lost to Notre Dame. Let's be honest. They they got really really lucky. And I know sometimes you got to catch breaks in, in football games. They got really 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 lucky. They should not have beaten Notre Dame. 
if if you think because of the point spread, this is not a losable football game for a team that has looked far too pedestrian for their talent level. I mean, people up there think it's a championship contender. They haven't looked like it yet. Not yet. Not yet. I mean, look, for a lot of the teams in the country, this is the halfway point this weekend. Show me, Washington State, that you can do what you did to Oregon State at home on the road against UCLA. North Carolina, Syracuse? Syracuse, show me that you can do more than just beat up on bad teams. North Carolina, show me that that, that Drake May can be more than he's been so far this year. Drake May's got five touchdowns and four interceptions this season. Now, some of that's a function of a new offensive system and, and whatever else. Louisville, Notre Dame. How about the, the show-me opportunity for Louisville there? Ooh. Hey, sneaky good game on Fox. Not not big-name teams. Sneaky good game. Number 24, Fresno State at unranked but 4-1 and one Wyoming. How about that? It's not bad. Not bad at all. Sports Talk Mississippi. We're back with you. Half an hour left on this Wednesday afternoon in the Pearl River Resort Studio. What we're going to do right here is go back. And now back to back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling. On Super Talk Mississippi. For a new vehicle, then Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota is the place for you. At Belk Ford, they've got a great selection of F-150s, up to $9,000 off the uh, F-150 XLT model. Of course, credit check and approved financing, all of those things apply. A uh, couple of Broncos available, Expeditions, Explorers, great used car selection, service after the sale with a brand new uh, newly enhanced, newly enlarged service department, and then just up the hill, Oxford Toyota with a great selection of Camrys. They got four runners, a couple of Tundras on the lot right now. The award-winning and you can't break it even if you want to Toyota Tacoma, which by the way is not the official slogan of Toyota for that truck, but it might as well be. You can't break it ever. They just keep going and going and going and going. Belk Ford. Online at BelkFord.net, Oxford Toyota, OxfordToyota.com. Family business, been that way for a really, really long time, like over a century. And they will treat you like family when you walk through the door. Tell them you heard about them on Sports Talk Mississippi. That's Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota, Highway 6 West in Oxford. I think we all think pretty highly of Andy Staples. One of the, uh, you know, you decide the number, three, four, five best writers that covers college football nationally. Um, it's crazy, though, as we approach week week six, which for a lot of teams is the halfway point of the season. Some have already had their open date, so they're not necessarily playing their sixth game yet. They were talking hot seats. But at, uh, at on three, Andy Staples has written about just that. So it's kind of a, a status update for some potential hot seat coaches based on what they've done so far this season. He starts with Mike Gundy. 
at Oklahoma State. Status entrenched until he decides it's done because the price of the buyout goes up every year. Oh, really? Mike Gundy's contract calls for a buyout of 75% of the remainder of the deal. And that number can only go up each year because Gundy's five-year contract perpetually rolls over and he gets a $125,000 raise each season. So if Oklahoma State wanted to fire Mike Gundy this year, they'd owe him $25 million. If they wanted to fire him next year, they'd owe him $25.1 million. And so on and so forth. Wow. That is negotiating. That's good aging. He lost to South good Alabama aging. this year. Uh, Mike Gundy, here's your stat of the day, stat of the day, bop, bop. Anyway, uh, Mike Gundy, his salary commands the largest percentage of his school's athletic department budget in America. So Oklahoma State pays Mike Gundy more of their budget than any other school in the United States of America. More than Alabama, more than Georgia, more than Clemson with their two titles. Yeah, it's Mike Gundy. Kiffin's in the top five. I think it's it's just over 6% of Ole Miss's athletic budget goes to Lane Kiffin. Yeah. But I mean, no, nobody else on that campus can what, have Saturday. 30, so. 40, $50 million budget, and you pay your head coach $9 million. That, that math adds up. Uh, Neil Brown, West Virginia. Status? Winning so much that we can stick our hot seat where the sun don't shine, writes Andy Staples. That's right. His, uh, his buyout at the beginning of the year was about $20 million, or at least last year was, and that kept him safe a year ago. But the assumption was that short of a dramatic record improvement, this would be it. This would be the final year in Morgantown. Well, they won 24-21 against TCU, blocked two field goals in the fourth quarter, and they are now 4-1 and on the season. Eight wins, nine wins, not off the table. They're going to be all right. Brent Pry at Virginia Tech. His buyout calls for him to be paid 70% of the remainder of his deal. That would be about $13.7 million fired after this year. And Andy Staples writes, that might be a somewhat manageable amount if the Hokies hadn't just given Justin Fuente a $9 million buyout following the 2021 season. Hmm. Dana Holgerson, status, protected by a, quote, bleeping impossible, close quote, buyout, but still serving at the whims of a billionaire. Holgerson this offseason was asked if he thought he was on the hot seat. He said, we won bowl games in back-to-back years. I have five years on my contract with a blanking impossible buyout, so there ain't no blanking hot seat in my mind. There just ain't. If Houston, who is now part of the Big 12, transitioning from the American, wanted to uh, fire Dana Holgerson, it would cost them in the neighborhood of $15 million, which is a lot of money for a program like Houston, unless a billionaire like Tillman Fertitta decides it's time to get this done, in which case they'll just write a check and be done. Uh, Billy Napier, status, safe. 
thanks to his contract. Unlike former coach Dan Mullen's deal, which contained a flat-rate buyout that actually incentivized Florida to fire Mullen sooner, Napier's contract protects the coach with two different mechanisms. First, the amount equal to 85% of the remaining value of the contract. After this season, that would be about $32 million. Second, timing of the payments. Most buyouts allow for the school to pay in equal parts in regular installments, this one requires 50% within 30 days, meaning Florida would have to come up with $16 million in cash to even start that. Not to mention assistant coaches for a total of $25 million to get out of Billy Napier and his staff. And last name on the list, Zach Arnett. Well, not the last name. Oh, is there no, oh I'm sorry. There's a, a Tom Allen on there also. Yeah. Status. Incredibly perilous for a first-year coach. Here's why. Arnett got a four-year deal that pays $3 million a year. His buyout calls for him to get 50% of the remaining amount on the contract. That means Mississippi State would owe Arnett $4.5 million over the course of three years if it fired him after this season. And there is a mitigation clause in the contract, meaning... If Zach Arnett goes and gets a defensive coordinator job somewhere else, then what he is being paid at that school would be backed out of what Mississippi State owed him. Which he almost certainly would, you would think. He would almost certainly immediately find a job getting good money. Yes. To me, and I'm no contract expert, no contract law expert, but that is written like a contract that... Dr. Keenum and the interim athletic director at the time, Bracky Brett, basically put a parachute in the plane that in case it crashes, they can get out. And, and probably said to Zach Arnett, here's, your, here, here's the option, take it or leave it. Yeah. It, it's really good money. It's a lot more money that you're making right now. If you succeed and succeed well, We'll tear this contract up and rewrite it, and you'll have all the leverage in the world. Yeah. And, and they they didn't say that to him. I'm sure they said that internally in discussions with each other. And if it doesn't go well, by college football standards, it really doesn't cost as much at all. I mean, you would think right now, if somehow State was four and one and they finished nine and three, he could have easily gone from three million to like six, six and a half. Next season. Could have gotten a huge raise. Are they yeah, paying I mean, whatever that number is? I mean they were yeah. paying Mike Yeah. Mike Leach five million a year. They're, five point two, whatever. Five and a half when he went five and a half last year, and then yeah, could have and probably had he not passed away, we're gonna bump him to six this year. So yeah. Are they paying currently any buyouts? I don't think there's anything left with Moorhead. I can't imagine that there is. So, and uh, I assume Moorhead was not one of the highest paid coaches in the SEC in, in the first. No, he was only making three. Yeah, anyway. So, and, and I assume and that Zach Selman, I hate to say it like this, but it's true, is budgeting, preparing for a buyout coming in baseball, however large that is. But that won't impact yeah. this decision here. But I, I bring all that up to say, if you don't have dead money, which is a term that the pro sports teams use. You don't have dead money against your cap. 
Because everybody's got a cap. Mississippi, everybody has a spending cap at some point. They've got no dead money against their cap. There's nothing costing them. They're not paying anybody to not exist there right now. You know what I mean? At least I don't think so. Well, and and so ultimately... We're paying that guy not to exist. I like that. Hey, Drew Brees was on the Saints cap like last year still. So, And there's a lot of football still to be played. But but does do, do these contract terms ultimately mean that Mississippi State makes a decision on whether or not they believe in the direction and the future of the program under Zach Arnett more than any decision based on wins and losses? It's an interesting way to look at it. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll wrap it up with you coming up next. Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. <laughs> On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Sports Talk Mississippi. The sports is not done when we finish in seven minutes. you got thunder and lightning on the radio coming up right after this with Brian Haydad. You can uh, you can get thunder and lightning as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. That's if you want Mississippi State news. If you want Ole Miss news on demand, you can get the Rebel Report, hosted by Michael Borky. Are both of those five days a week? Both of you do those five days a week and then Four. some bonus episodes on the weekend also, right? Four with bonus if if the iron ah, there we go. is hot. There you go. Hey, Dad, what is the sour face? Five. There's no there's no bonus episodes. Yeah, there is. TNL Extra. Those are just the interview clips and stuff from that are already in the show. We'll call them bonus. Yeah. Make it sound like you're the bonus episodes. You actually are. All right. Uh, all right, Ric Flair, what's coming <clears throat> up on the show tonight? Oh man, I'm so tired. It's been a long day. I don't know if I can I can generate the the juice here. Hold on, let me let me let me, let me get a deep breath here. <laughs> I hope you're watching. Well, you know, brother, what's going to happen on Thunder and Lightning is we're going to talk about Zach Arnett's contract, brother. We got to find out what the deal is there. We got to talk about what can Mississippi State take away this weekend when they fight those stinky Western Michigan Broncos, brother. So what you going to do when Thunder and Lightning gets hold of you? For a tired guy, not bad. Uh, man, now I'm really tired. I'm gonna fall asleep and halfway through the show. Yeah, um, hungry too. Dwayne told us earlier when we were talking about Gentile that he loves his new Gentile shirt and he wore it to church on Sunday morning. There you go. And there's really? a lot of people rocking Gentile at my church. Let me tell you. And again, I, I love it. I would like the people at Gentile to know that is exclusively because of me, and not because they. <laughs> There you go. Everywhere I go in Starbowl, uh, people are like, that shirt looks great. Where did, where did you get it? And I was like, Especially when I wear my interlocking uh, MSU one. I'm like, I'll tell you exactly where to get it. Hey, so remember I mentioned the, the old LSU SUX T-shirt from, from the late 80s that, that I had seen as a kid? I never yeah. had one. 
And on the back, so it had LSU, SUX on the front and on the back, it said, Hey, Hodson, yank my Heisman. So Brad sent me a message on Twitter last night with a picture of the shirt. He had one and Saw it looked that. like it was in mint condition. He also reminded me that Ole Miss jumped out to a uh, 31 to 7 lead, I think it was in the game, only to see LSU scored 30 unanswered in the second half. And, uh, hey, Hodson, yank my Heisman. Have the, uh, the last laugh on that night in 1989. So. There you go. It happens with those guys uh, sometimes. Hey, are you also going to do a uh, a deep dive on uh, on the Western Michigan Broncos? Really get people ready for that one? Uh, not so much on the radio. No, okay. No, we got plenty of other stuff to talk about though. Uh, there have been people that have suggested that that was more of a Hulk Hogan than a Ric Flair. It was more of a Hulk Hogan than a Ric Flair. I can change it up every now and then. Every great once in a while. There you go. Yeah. I'm like a chameleon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chase says, I'm not a fire the coach guy. And I definitely am not a fire the coach after one year guy. So I think Mississippi State making any kind of a decision after this season would be solely based on who they think they could land if they pulled the trigger after one year. And again, in fairness, there is a lot mm-hmm. of football still to be played. Mississippi State's got seven games yeah. left. Yeah. And, and and there's some winnable games in those seven mm-hmm. games. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If they play to the level that we thought they were capable of playing. Yeah. It's the sort of the same thing we do with everybody else, right? We'll, you know, we'll talk about actual changes at the end of the season. The contract thing is just interesting to me. It's yeah, th- that's what we learned today. It's it's not prohibitive, and yeah. a lot of the a lot of these are prohibitive. Yeah, there is uh, there's no question about this. Um, Urban Meyer going to Michigan State or no? I why why are we so stupid? And by we I mean media, right? So this report comes out, some radio host in Michigan says that Urban Meyer is interested in the Michigan State job. And so that kind of runs wild on the clickbait sites and, and stuff like that. And then Bruce Feldman today says, checked with Urban Meyer, and he said that he's not interested in the job and is focused on his this season with Fox. And it's it's like, and then people, it's not Bruce doing that. Yes, you should ask. If, if you have a direct line to Urban, ask him, of course. But it's the people that took that and said, well, settled. Clearly that was dumb. Yes, Urban Meyer is telling the truth about his interest in a job. A notorious liar is telling the truth this time. Urban, Urban Meyer is telling the truth about anything. Uh, yeah, just because he told Bruce Feldman he's not doesn't mean take, he's not. Yeah, if, if you Nick just want to take be the Urban coach Meyer's Alabama word either. at face value, yeah, then you are potentially setting yourself up for disappointment. But. We'll see. Thanks for being with us. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. We will talk to you tomorrow for the Sanderson Farms Championship at the Country Club of Jackson. Good night. Oh, it's incredible! 
Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.